You're listening to the Holy Bible One Year Challenge with master storyteller Michael Wood, featuring the easy-to-read version and used by permission from Bible Week International. Enjoy the show! Hello, everyone. Welcome to day 247. We're continuing in the book of Isaiah, and you're going to hear different voices in chapters 5 through 8. You'll hear Isaiah sort of speaking in narrative, almost like poetry. You'll also hear direct quotes from Isaiah when he spoke, and then you'll hear about what things God said, and sometimes you'll hear the actual words of God. So in some ways it could be confusing if you can't track who's talking, but all of it falls under the category of prophecy. And we see in chapter 6, almost like a prequel all of a sudden, of when God calls Isaiah to be a prophet. And Isaiah has a vision. He sees angels, powerful angels. And we've seen in the Bible where God does use angels to bring about a divine intervention. And once he's called, God wants Isaiah to deliver a special message to the people of Israel. And in the beginning of chapter 8, we see the Lord speaking to the evil king, Ahaz. And the Lord says, hey, I will give you a sign. Just tell me what you want. I'll show you that everything I said is true. And Ahaz says he will not ask for proof. that He will not test the Lord. But then we see that the Lord will still show a sign. And there we get a prophecy that sounds a lot like the coming Messiah. We're also continuing in the book of 2 Corinthians. And Paul is addressing an unknown letter that we have not seen. It's not in the Bible, but whatever it was, it seemed to make the congregation in Corinth very sad. But Paul has many things to say about this, that they should not be sad, that it's all God's will, and that there is a certain kind of sorrow that the Lord wants, which is very different than the kind of sorrow people have who are without God. If you enjoy the show, visit me at patreon.com forward slash storymaster. You'll find the link in the description box below. By contributing as little as $1 per month, you will enable me to continue this ministry. And you'll get cool rewards too. Together, we're going to get through the Bible in one year. Let's get started. Isaiah chapter 5. Verses 8 through 30. God's judgment is coming. Look at you people! You buy more and more houses and fields until there is no room for anyone else. You will be the only people in the whole land. I heard the Lord All-Powerful make this oath. I swear all these houses will be destroyed. These big fancy houses will be empty. A four-hectare vineyard will make only a little wine, and many sacks of seed will grow only a little grain. How terrible it will be for you people who rise early in the morning and go looking for beer to drink. You stay awake late at night getting drunk on wine. At your parties, you drink your wine and enjoy the music of harps, drums, and flutes. You don't care what the Lord has done. You don't notice what his hands have made. My people don't really know God. My people don't really know God. So they will be captured and taken away. 
everyone, the respected leaders and the common people as well, will be hungry and thirsty. They will die, and the place of death will open its mouth wide and swallow many of them. Then the noisy crowds and all the beautiful, happy people who are now so comfortable will go down into the grave. Everyone, common people and leaders alike, will be humbled. Those who are now so proud will bow their heads in shame. The Lord All-Powerful will judge fairly, and people will honor him. They will respect the holy God when he brings justice. Their cities will become fields where lambs can graze. Young goats will eat grass where rich people once lived. Look at those people. They pull their guilt and sins behind them, like people pulling carts with ropes. They say, We wish God would hurry and do what he plans to do so that we can see it. Let the plan of the Holy One of Israel happen soon so that we can know what it is. Look at those people. They say good is bad and bad is good. They think light is dark and dark is light. They think sour is sweet and sweet is sour. They think they are so smart. They think they are very intelligent. They are famous for drinking wine and are heroes known for mixing drinks. And if you pay them enough money, they will forgive a criminal. They will not let good people be judged fairly. So their descendants will be destroyed completely, just as fire burns straw and leaves. Their descendants will be like plants with rotten roots, whose flowers have blown away like dust in the wind. Those people refused to obey the teachings of the Lord All-Powerful. They hated the message from the Holy One of Israel. So the Lord became angry with his people and he raised his hand to punish them. Even the mountains shook with fear. Dead bodies were left in the streets like rubbish. And he is not finished yet. He is still angry. His arm is raised to continue punishing his people. God will bring armies to punish Israel. Look, God is giving a shine to the nations far away. He is whistling for them to come from lands far away. Here they come, racing as fast as they can. The enemy's soldiers never get tired or stumble. They never get drowsy or fall asleep. Their weapon belts are always ready. Their sandal straps never break. Their arrows are sharp, and their bows are strong and ready to shoot. The horse's hooves are hard as flint, and clouds of dust rise from behind their chariots. The shouts of the enemy sound like the roar of lions, like strong young lions. They growl and grab their prey. The captives will struggle and try to escape, but there will be no one to save them. On the day the enemy attacks, their roar will sound like the ocean waves. And if you look across the land, you will see only troubling darkness as the light fades away into black clouds. Isaiah chapter 6. God calls Isaiah to be a prophet. In the year that King Uzziah died, 
I saw the Lord sitting on a very high and wonderful throne. His long robe filled the temple. Seraph angels stood around him. Each had six wings. They used two wings to cover their faces, two wings to cover their bodies, and two wings to fly. They were calling to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord all-powerful. His glory fills the whole earth. The sound was so loud that it caused the frame around the door to shake, and the temple was filled with smoke. I was frightened and said, Oh no, I will be destroyed. I am not pure enough to speak to God, and I live among people who are not pure enough to speak to him. But I have seen the king, the Lord all-powerful. There was a fire on the altar. One of the seraph angels used a pair of tongs to take a hot coal from the fire. Then the angel flew to me with it in his hand. Then he touched my mouth with the hot coal and said, When this hot coal touched your lips, your guilt was taken away and your sins were erased. Then I heard the Lord's voice saying, Who can I send? Who will go for us? So I said, Here I am. Send me. Then the Lord said, Go and tell the people, Listen closely, but don't understand. Look closely, but don't learn. Make the people unable to understand. Close their ears and their eyes. Then they will not see with their eyes, or hear with their ears, or understand with their minds. If they understood, they might turn to me, and I would heal them. Then I asked, Lord, how long should I do this? He answered, Do this until the cities are destroyed, and all the people are gone. Do this until there is no one left, living in the houses, and the land is destroyed and empty. The Lord will make the people go far away, and their whole land will be left empty. Maybe a tenth of the people will still be there in the land, but it will be destroyed again. It will be like the stump of an oak tree that has been cut down. Like the stump of the tree, my chosen people will grow again. Isaiah chapter 7 Trouble with Aram Ahaz was the son of Jotham, who was the son of Uziah. Rezin was the king of Aram, and Pekah, son of Ramaliah, was the king of Israel. When Ahaz was king of Judah, Rezin and Pekah went up to Jerusalem to attack it. But they were not able to defeat the city. The family of David received a message that said, the armies of Adam and Ephraim have joined together in one camp. When King Ahaz heard this message, he and the people became frightened. They shook with fear like trees of the forest blowing in the wind. Then the Lord told Isaiah, You and your son Shir Jashub should go out and talk to Ahaz. He will be at the end of the channel that brings water from the upper pool on the road that leads up to Laundryman's Field. Tell Ahaz to be careful, but calm. Tell him not to be afraid of King Rezin of Aram and Ramalia's son. They are like two burning sticks. They may be hot now, but soon they will be nothing but smoke. 
Yes, these kings of Syria and Israel have made plans to destroy him. They said, Let's go and fight against Judah and divide it among ourselves. Then we will make Tabil's son the new king of Judah. But the Lord God says, Their plan will not succeed. It will not happen because Aram depends on its capital, Damascus. And Damascus is led by its weak king, Rezin. And don't worry about Ephraim. Within 65 years, it will be crushed. No longer a nation. Ephraim depends on its capital, Samaria. And Samaria is led by Ramalia's son. So you have no reason to fear. Believe this, or you will not survive. Emmanuel, God is with us. Then the Lord spoke to Ahaz again. Ask for a sign from the Lord your God to prove to yourself that this is true. You can ask for any sign you want. The sign can come from a place as deep as Sheol or as high as the skies. But Ahaz said, I will not ask for a sign as proof. I will not test the Lord. Then Isaiah said, Family of David, listen very carefully. Is it not enough that you would test the patience of humans? Will you now test the patience of my God? But the Lord will still show you a sign. The young woman is pregnant and will give birth to a son. She will name him Emmanuel. He will eat milk curds and honey as he learns to choose good and refuse evil. But before he is old enough to make that choice, the land of the two kings you fear will be empty. But the Lord will bring troubled times to you. These troubles will be worse than anything that has happened since the time Israel separated from Judah. This will happen to your people and to your father's family when God brings the king of Assyria to fight against you. At that time, the Lord will whistle for the Egyptian army to come like a cloud of flies from the rivers. And he will call for the Assyrians to come like a swarm of bees from their land. They will settle in the deep valleys and in the caves by the thorn bushes and watering holes. The Lord will use Assyria to punish Judah. Assyria will be hired and used like a razor to shave off Judah's beard and to remove the hair from his head and body. At that time, someone might keep only one young cow and two sheep alive there will be enough milk for them to eat milk curds. In fact, everyone left in the country will eat milk curds and honey. There are now fields that have 1,000 grapevines, and each grapevine is worth 1,000 pieces of silver. But those fields will be covered with weeds and thorns. That land will be wild and used only as a hunting ground where people go with bows and arrows. People once worked the soil and grew food on these hills, but at that time, they will not go there because the fields will be covered with weeds and thorns. It will be a place where cattle graze and sheep wander. Isaiah chapter 8, verses 1 through 10. Assyria is coming soon. The Lord told me, Get a large scroll and use an ordinary pen to write these words. 
This is for Maher. Shalom, Hashban. I found some men who could be trusted to serve as witnesses, Ariah the priest and Zechariah, son of Jeparachiah. They watched me write those words. Then when I had sex with my wife, she became pregnant and had a son. The Lord told me, Name the boy, Maher Shalal Hashbaz. He said that because before the boy learns to say, Mommy and Daddy, God will take all the wealth and riches from Damascus and Samaria and give them to the king of Assyria. The Lord spoke to me again. These people refuse to accept the slow-moving waters of Shiloh. They prefer Rezin and Ramalia's son. But the Lord will bring the king of Assyria and all his power against them. The Assyrians will come like their swift-moving river, like water that rises and spills over its banks. This water will be like a flash flood as it passes through Judah. But God will spread his wings over the whole land. Yes, God is with us. All you nations, prepare for war. You will be defeated. Listen, all you faraway countries, prepare for battle. You will be defeated. Make your plans for the fight. Your plans will be defeated. Give orders to your armies, but your orders will be useless. Because God is with us! Second Corinthians chapter 7, verses 2 through 16. God has encouraged us. Open your hearts to us. We have not done wrong to anyone or caused harm to anyone. And we have not cheated anyone. Please. Don't take anything I say as criticism. I have told you before that we love you so much we would live or die with you. I feel that I can tell you anything. I am very proud of you. Even with all the troubles we have had, I am greatly encouraged and feel very happy. When we came into Macedonia, we had no rest. We found trouble all around us. People were attacking us and we were filled with fear. But God encourages those who are troubled, and he certainly encouraged us by bringing Titus to us. It was so good to see him, but we were encouraged even more to hear about the encouragement you gave him. He told us that you really want to see me, and that you are very sorry for what you did. And he told us how ready and willing you are to help me. When I heard this, I was so much happier. Even if the letter I wrote to you made you sad, I am not sorry I wrote it. I know that letter made you sad, and I was sorry for that. But it made you sad only for a short time. Now I am happy, not because you were made sad, but because your sorrow made you decide to change. That is what God wanted. So you were not hurt by us in any way. The kind of sorrow God wants makes people decide to change their lives. This leads them to salvation, and we cannot be sorry for that. But the kind of sorrow the world has will bring death. You had the kind of sorrow God wanted you to have. Now see what that sorrow has brought you. 
It has made you very serious. It made you want to prove that you were not wrong. It made you angry and afraid. It made you want to see me. It made you care and made you want the right thing to be done. You proved that you were not guilty in any part of that problem. The main reason I wrote that letter was not because of the one who did the wrong or the one who was hurt. I wrote so that you would realize before God how very much you care for us. And that is what was so encouraging to us. We were greatly encouraged. We were especially pleased to see how happy Titus was. You all made him feel so much better. I had boasted about you to Titus, and you didn't embarrass me. We have always told you the truth, and now what we told Titus about you has been shown to be true. And his love for you is stronger when he remembers that you were all ready to obey. You welcomed him with respect and fear. I am so happy that I can trust you fully. Psalm 105, verses 23 to 36. Then Israel came to Egypt. Jacob lived there in Ham's country. Jacob's family became very large and more powerful than their enemies. So the Egyptians began to hate his people and made plans against his servants. So the Lord sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, his chosen priest. He used Moses and Aaron to do many miracles in Ham's country. He sent darkness to cover their land, but the Egyptians did not listen to him. So he changed the water into blood, and all their fish died. Their country was filled with frogs, even in the king's bedroom. The Lord gave the command, and the flies and gnats came. They were everywhere. He made the rain become hail. Lightning struck throughout their land. He destroyed their vines and fig trees and every tree in their country. He gave the command and the locusts and grasshoppers came. There were too many to count. They ate all the plants in the country, including all the crops in their fields. Then the Lord killed every firstborn in their country. He killed their oldest sons. Thank you, everyone. That was day 247. Join us for day 248. We will continue in the book of Isaiah. God is mad at northern Israel for attacking Judah with their buddies, the Syrians. So God sends in what he calls a much bigger river called the Assyrians to take care of both Syria and Israel. But there is always hope as Isaiah begins to prophesy about a child who will be born who will one day become the Messiah and will redeem Israel. And in the book of 2 Corinthians, Paul uses the example of the Macedonian Christians, that even though the Macedonians were in a great trial of affliction, they were in deep poverty that they still gave generously. And then Paul uses an example of Jesus as the one who not only gave, but literally made us all rich. We hope you enjoyed today's verses. Be sure to leave us a positive review and to share this podcast with your friends and family. 
please join us for the next episode as we experience the Bible in one year. Did you know we offer online courses in creative writing, literature, and web design? Visit us at storymaster.online to learn more.